0: Welcome to a brand new episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast. In this episode, we have a special idea that uh, pretty much stemmed from our last episode where Gemini and I started debating smart devices. So we thought, why not do an episode on IoT and smart devices? We'll share our thoughts on smart devices and how you can actually leverage JavaScript to create your own devices. We also have a special guest joining us today who's been on a couple episodes in the past, Sarah Showers. Before I get Sarah to give her a brief introduction, I also want to announce that we have been asked quite a few times to run more t-shirts, and we have more shirts available now on the Frontend Happy Hour website at frontendhappyhour.com slash shirts. Sarah, can you give a brief introduction of who you are, what you do, and what your favorite happy hour beverage is?
1: Sure. Um, I'm Sarah Showers. Um, episode number four. Maybe. I was trying to remember how many. I it's think it's four. I think I might have like the hot most number of guest appearances. You, you definitely do. I am a software engineer at LinkedIn. I've been there for a couple of years now. I love this podcast. I love what you guys do, and it's a pleasure to be back.
0: We love having you. All right, before we get started, let's go around the table and give introductions to today's panelists. Jem, you want to start off? Jem Young, senior software engineer at Netflix. I'm
2: Derek and ironically have the same last name as Sarah and ironically work at the same company as Sarah.
0: So there's that LinkedIn. (laughs) Right on.
3: Um, And I'm Mars Julian. I'm a senior software engineer at Netflix.
0: In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. What do we decide today's keyword is? Connected. 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 So if any of us say the word connected from now on, we will all take a drink. All right. Well, let's get started. At the start, I would love to know what kind of smart devices do you, you each use in your house or apartments?
4: Wait, can we define what a smart device is?
0: That's probably a good way to start because actually Mars and I were talking about this earlier. <laughs> it's like, is it? does it have to be connected to the internet? <laughs> Cheers. 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 See
3: what I mean? It's going to come up so many times. Does it? Well, I think when we talk about the internet of technology, yes. But when we talk about smart devices, probably not necessarily.
0: So a smart device is probably something that automated or does something without you having to be the one doing it what's a smart device that isn't connected well
3: you can have things that are connected to bluetooth and we just said connected like twice
0: oh yeah
2: <laughs> it's terrible terrible cheers <laughs> I was like, I was
3: well i think like there i've had devices that have worked previously at home when it's attached to my phone <laughs> via Bluetooth and so it'll it's a, like a proximity detection basically so it'll turn on or off based on proximity but it's not something that I can control when I'm away from the house
0: I think that's smart I think that I would consider that a smart oh, device oh definitely but yeah. to
3: answer Derek's question yeah. about what devices aren't actually attached to the internet attached. <laughs> sorry it's the <used> different <laughs> word now
2: <laughs> it's sort of smart right like yeah if you're like if you're not attached to the internet I think it's then you're smart I mean smart, if the point <laughs> of a
3: smart device is to automate yeah, your life, or to make something more convenient, then there's many mechanisms by which they can do that. A lot of them happen to be connected to the internet, so. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.
0: Mars, you chose that keyword. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so any of these smart devices, whether or not they're attached to the internet or not, mm-hmm. what do you have in your house?
4: Wait, 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 I still don't think we solved this. I think so. Like,
0: what, so what is a smart device? Like, give me. Uh, I two think seconds. Mars did it really well. It makes your life easier. It's.
3: I think a way to simplify it is a smart device is something that you can use without actually having to touch it. A lot of the things that we have in our homes from maybe like five, ten years ago are manual. And a lot of our smart devices nowadays are automated in some way, or you don't really need to go near them for them to work.
0: I don't have to get off my ass to. Do That's something. a good description,
2: <laughs> Jim. I've never seen you so critical of the topic. Oh, it's
4: coming. <laughs> it's not no, it even started no. yet. No, we haven't started. No, I just like I want to get a clear definition because I'm like, is my TV a smart device? I don't have to touch it, it could You have to there. touch a remote it though can be. It can be There can are a smart TVs There are there
3: smart, smart TVs You so call them smart
1: TVs but how
4: Because they they're connected from? to the internet Oh lord
1: Cheers Cheers <laughs> <Sure. laughs> Well, I
3: think also smart devices are the epitome of the phrase laziness is the mother of invention because now we no longer have to get up to actually use the things that we use day to day, like a light switch, like one of the most basic things you use in your apartment. You no longer need to get up to touch it if you don't want to. Yeah,
0: you can control them. You can have them all to a setting that they turn on from another device that something happened. I don't know. It's it's a hard one to define.
4: I think smart devices up there with um, machine learning and anytime someone uses AI or blockchain, like it doesn't actually mean anything. It just they just said it, and now it's like become ubiquitous. But no you one you think can actually it's like a it.
3: marketing ploy?
4: It was a marketing ploy. I, I would say. Oh yeah. Here,
3: hold on. I'm I'm going to Wikipedia. It says yes. a smart device is an electronic device generally connected.
4: Gosh! Cheers.
2: <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Damn it, <laughs> it screwed idea. Right,
3: to other devices or networks via different wireless protocols such as Bluetooth, NFC, Wi-Fi, blah blah blah, that could operate to some extent interactively and autonomously. Okay. So they they themselves are either connected to a network or
2: to each other.
0: Cheers.
2: I can get
3: yeah. like two sentences. Does that clarify things?
4: I guess. It's, okay. That's still, like, the most vague definition of anything that I've heard, but...
3: I mean, it's Wikipedia, so... It's true. What about a device that runs a chip of some kind?
4: Every... Our toaster has chips. Yeah, Fine. To be clear, I'm not criticizing the definition. I just, like, want to be clear what we're talking about precisely. Because, um, for instance, I have, like, a Google Home... Only because it came free with my cell phone. Which is a thanks quote, for clarifying. I am saying I don't I would buy it myself. I don't find that much right. value. Like the mic's turned off. I use it for playing music in my kitchen. Yeah. Which is like awesome. That's I can, a like, smart
3: device in my in my opinion.
4: Yeah, I would consider it a smart device. Agreed. But to me, I think I don't know, ten years ago Bluetooth speakers were still a thing, but nobody called them smart. But, but you can
3: talk to a Google Home. You
4: can talk to it, which makes it smart now.
3: I think honestly, like smart devices also beyond just automating and enabling our laziness, we can multitask. <laughs> No, really. Like if you're if I'm in the middle of cooking and I need to set a timer, I don't want to wash my hands. I'm just like, hey, Alexa, set me a five minute timer or whatever.
0: I'm sorry. Alexa what Alexa- <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alexa fail.
3: <laughs> she can't hear us apparently.
0: All right. I think we've somewhat defined it. Probably not well, but we have. We spent 10 minutes defining it, so I'm hoping <laughs> it's good. All right. So, devices in the home. We've actually established that Jem does have a Google Home and Mars has a Amazon Echo. Which I actually have an Amazon Echo and a Google Home, but I've never used the Google Home. Did you get it for free? I did get it. For
1: free. <laughs> Team Showers is all Apple, all the way. We have a home Pause. We I'm love so it.
0: surprised to hear that.
1: <laughs> really? <you? laughs>
0: <laughs> We've given Derek we a hard time many times. Didn't get it for free either. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that costs a lot of money. <laughs> We also
2: have um, so we yeah so we're kind of big into the lighting so we we um only buy lights that are compatible with HomeKit yeah um,
1: yeah we have a pretty big stake in Philips Hue <laughs> <both>. I think <laughs> they're one of
0: the best ones though if you're yeah. if you're okay. going to do lighting yeah. yeah
1: on on the topic of Philips Hue have you guys ever have you had the opportunity to see the videos where they like sync with music videos no that, no, that sounds that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. I haven't watched it, but I know Disney has an acapella group, and their music video was actually set up um, to work with this new like Philips Hue TV color sync, and it will match your lights like to the background color of whatever is on your TV.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. So while you're watching the music video, it's actually changing the color.
1: Yeah. I'm glad I got Disney, acapella, and Apple all in like one paragraph. <laughs> That's pretty <really> impressive.
3: <laughs> uh, no, at home, I—I I mean, I th- would consider my minimal my setup pretty minimal compared to everyone else here, except for maybe Jem. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have an Amazon Alexa at home, gifted to me. I still don't quite see the point, but whatever. Um, I have a like a couple WeMos, those smart switches that you can turn on and off from your phone, and I feel like I've oh, I used to have a Nest Cam set up.
0: Yeah, the, yeah. the WeMo switches are pretty awesome though, because really that turns any dumb device that is not
3: right into a smart device. Internet, yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, into a smart device. Yeah, I mean, the there's a cool. lot
3: of like smart devices that have come out to allow older things to be not backwards compatible, forward compatible with the way yeah. that we do things now. So
0: yeah, and so I'm probably on the other end. I have like definitely the opposite of Gem. I have a lot of smart home devices, Nest cameras, alarm thermostat uh, smart lock i have smart blinds that's one of my favorites because i do not, i can control it all at once and i love that um i have lights i have the wemo switches washer and dryer that are smart oh yeah even my audio system is all smart throughout the house
2: what does your washer and dryer do that's smart
0: um <laughs> actually you know and i didn't buy them for that it was just built in now the the cool thing i like about it it tells you when they're done i guess that's okay that's nice you can do that with a beep yeah sorry I mean, I, and I, my house isn't that big i can hear beeps yeah. throughout yeah. the not house not if you're not home you you might have to be, you might be
2: on a walk you have to that's rush true I'm but i'm about I, to get really excited
1: about this so you can turn on your washer remotely so yes. that when you get home your wash is done and it's not yeah. sitting wet that's great i love yeah, that yeah you
0: could <laughs> control but then you have to load it and everything too right it's
1: But you can load it. It's like one of those like delayed, like
3: slow cookers, you know? It's like delay start by two hours.
0: Yeah. One thing I really liked uh, about it is that it tells me when the dryer trap needs emptied. I thought that was pretty cool. That was a nice little feature that it will send me a message when it needs to be cleaned. I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks. That just that one is really nice.
4: Is that necessary though?
0: No, I'm not saying it's necessary. It's just a nice little feature. It's not hurting anyone,
4: Jem, that it's there. But when it breaks, so my <laughs> then it still works <laughs> as a washer and dryer. Yeah, but what if it's like, oh, you you become relied on it and you never change your lint trap, and if you've never seen a lint trap fire, they're pretty bit nasty. That that is true. So you're telling me if I should, I mean, I still check it. So 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 what's the point of the,
0: the thing if you still I didn't check it buy it for that, that feature? I'm <laughs> just
4: saying like, no, no, I'm not knocking maybe, you.
0: Maybe I'm saying
2: like fail safe. Like if you don't check it often, yeah. Then And, you know, it's a backup plan.
3: It's like almost like they're trying to save us from ourselves, to be honest.
0: (laughs) It's true. It's like, well, to me, actually, one of the benefits that I like about smart devices is I don't have to think about certain things. I think that to me is the really nice thing. I know Jem laughed at me the one day because I I put in a it was actually a Wemo light switch for my outdoor patio light because I'd always turn it on at night. And then forget to turn it off in the morning and be on all day long. That's kind of ridiculous. So now it just at sunset, it turns on and sunrise, it turns off. It's I never have to think about it again. And it does what I need to do. So now I'm not wasting power letting it run.
3: Does that lead well into our next question then?
0: It leads very well of like, what are some of the benefits?
3: Well, i think there's like a spectrum of things i think on the one hand we get extreme convenience to the point of never getting up off the couch to security and safety and peace of mind like some of the things that i love the most happen to be about like the i used to have a nest protect actually one of the the smart um fire alarms and yeah. uh, carbon monoxide detectors and which would actually was connected cheers to um, the Nest Cam that I had set up so it would take a photo whenever the alarm went off so you would know what was going on in your home while... Something like while some sort of alarm was going off, and I think that that was really useful because I could be away from the house and make sure that everything was okay. um, Especially in older apartments, that my apartment didn't even have a smoke alarm in it, and because my landlord didn't put one in, so
0: wait, that you have to. I'm pretty sure that's like illegal. They Uh,
3: they didn't have. They they
4: didn't have. That's so illegal. Well, it was super illegal. Well,
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this was a good solution, anyways. But I mean, even if he had one, I think this was the fact that they could talk to each other, and you could kind of get a full picture and idea of what was going on in your home was really really interesting i think nest is kind of doing their whole ecosystem of products really well but that's just to say that we i think there's two spectrums there's convenience and then there's safety and security and not having to think about things like lint trap fires or you know what's going on in my house while i'm gone like did someone break in while i'm on vacation like how are my plants doing or in my case how is my pet doing that kind of thing
2: Yeah, I think like convenience is, is what it maybe gets a bad rap for because, but I mean, I think you can make the same argument with a light switch. Like you, you could just walk around and turn your lights on by yourself, but we've developed a light switch so you can turn all your lights on at the same time. This is just maybe a step beyond that. But yeah, I think it's like, but like the one thing I would say with the lighting is that. Um, you, you know, just the automation that you can set up behind it. So, um, like when I get home uh, and when, after it's dark, my lights are already on, which is just nice. And like, I don't, you don't really think about it until you get home and your house is completely dark because something didn't work and you're like, and, and yeah, I mean, maybe it's a convenience, but it's just nice it's just, yeah, there's a sense of security there, but it just, just makes it just.
0: well And you have dogs too. Like that was one of the first reasons I bought a Wemo switch was to turn on the bedroom light for my dog. Cause like if I was running late or something and especially in the winter, it gets darker a lot quicker. Hey, he's got light. He's not, I'm not coming home to him in the dark, which that kind of sucks. Yes. Yeah.
2: And, and the only other, the one other thing I'd add is just, uh, I think the other benefit is when you start, um, stringing them together stringing all these pieces together so like for instance with our uh camera we can set it up so that when there's movement and there's a person home mm-hmm. then it will turn lights on you know like yep. when you that's when it becomes when it starts to become very powerful um but it, it, sometimes it's hard to like think about wh- all these pieces that you can put together to make that thing work but uh, but when you can you know when there's 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 a lot of apps that now like
0: surface these ideas um for what you can do like if this then that does that mm-hmm. um which is an amazing app. Like yeah. it does so many things. You don't even need some hardware devices. It does some pretty much. You just cool need stuff. an API. And if yes, yeah. then that will deal yeah. with it. Which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. You
3: know? Well, also, also what you bring up the lights, which is interesting because I think one of the benefits there actually goes beyond just like, you know, the individual convenience and safety that we get. But for light switches and, you know, you leave the house, it turns it off. There's an environmental impact there as well, which is really useful. Is just, you know, we're not using it or hopefully we're not consuming as much electricity as we need to be if we're never home.
0: You yeah, know? and I think Nest has always done that with like the thermostat too. Right. It tries to be very smart about how what the temperature settings is, right. and like tries to actually and maybe saves you money too because you're not paying for. But the way
3: you sell that is by appealing to the individual. Oh, hey, you know we're helping the environment, but it's cheaper for you and it's more convenient and.
0: Yeah, people care about saving money. That's right. That's exactly. Always a good one. <laughs> exactly. Since like. Typically talk about coding, engineering, JavaScript. What are some things like that you've used in the past to maybe create your own smart devices or you know do something like that? Like I know I've used a few things, uh, Arduino, Raspberry Pi, and actually one of my favorite ones that is really focused to JavaScript is the Tesla board, which is really cool. Other than I it's easy you don't have to solder or anything to do um, to hook up all the different components i kind of like the soldering aspect but if you don't want to do that it it, you can buy these components and hook it up to the board and then just npm install uh so if you put like a motion sensor and you just npm install that package for the motion sensor and then once it starts working you can you know do whatever you want with hey something moved trigger this or do whatever you want that's where you have to start coding is figuring out what you want to do with that uh, message that comes from it
2: yeah I know I it's been a while since I've played around with it but i I know like Hugh has you just it's pretty easy you just send HTTP requests and to a to a local IP and uh, I know like things are becoming a little bit more complicated because people are starting to worry about security
0: yeah yeah an <laughs> but, HTTP requests probably not the most but, secure. I mean I've
2: always been kind of under the impression of if if it's just my lights like I mean
0: I'm sure Jen, Someone's you gonna have a different just, opinion like, about
3: that. turn this. them on strobe in the middle of the night for
0: you <laughs> I mean but, <laughs> it scare the shit out of you it's just really trolling someone that's like, true that becomes a new thing uh,
2: yeah but I thought it was sort of be, uh, I really have, have been meaning to like do something um, similar Ryan at his place has a uh, iPad on the wall like you could make like a cool dashboard or something and have a high tech light switch uh, and it's actually pretty easy because you, you, you just if you're just sending HTTP requests you just write some simple app for that
0: yeah no that's really cool Jem, you were actually recently creating something with uh
4: raspberry pi oh yeah i bought a raspberry pi and a motion sensor and i'm working on programming because i know my cat comes on the <laughs> counter when i'm not downstairs but he's smart enough to know not to do it around me but i'm like i know you do it <laughs> so i'm creating a motion sensor that will uh i want to connect it to my google home to be like Ollie, get off the counter. <laughs> like, but also, the camera is the key because yeah. I want his face. When it's like, takes <laughs> a photo surprised. of him right in that. Yeah. Notion. Yeah. Like guilty. Yeah.
3: So, question: Why would you build your own as opposed to using something that's already out there on the market? Like the Nest Cam, you can set up smart zones, and, and it would. Yeah, the cat. and you can. Yeah, you can actually.
4: This is more a learning because I've always wanted to mess with some hardware. All right and then. Yeah, the Raspberry Pi is thirty dollars. Yeah, no. All right. The totally. Raspberry
0: Pi is so cool. Like it is, it can do so many things. It's so slow though. I, oh, it's yeah. like it's
4: it's good to like bring it back to feeling how slow it is, and I'm like, oh my god. I'm but just for something, something, something like that, like,
0: just to have a simple motion sensor, ugh, you don't need much power to do that, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it's small. Yeah. You don't need a big. You don't want a big. Tower computer to control a little sensor. Yeah, <laughs> here's well, a it, tiny it little camera. If this works, and <laughs> you're gonna
2: get the the, the super high powered CPU to catch your cat at jumping up. It's in the all just like <laughs> pass, pass around the house. You go to this. You're like, what are you buying? You go to the store. What are you buying this for? It's, it's for my cat.
4: I kind of want to know what he's up to because <laughs> I have a um, an automated feeder. Yeah. That like I've seen him stare at it. I know he spends time thinking about how to get inside it. And I just want to like get a camera to like see his his ventures of trying to unlock. Hey, I totally feel things.
3: you. I used to have my Nest Cam set up that would tell me whenever my cat would eat.
4: Yeah,
0: it's awesome. And-
3: well, because she was sick and I wanted her to eat, so I was curious.
0: You're making sure, and you can check.
2: Peace of mind. Yeah,
3: peace of mind.
2: Yeah, we, it, along the same lines, we had it recently had um, our dog lost uh, control of his back legs, and so we had to keep him in a crate for six weeks. And so we bought a camera specifically for this reason, just so we could make sure and actually funny f- funny enough we went out uh once and we happened to check the camera and he had somehow escaped from the gate <laughs> <laughs> we're still to this day not sure how that happened
1: this, so this, this was before he could even like stand on his own again he managed to like butt shuffle his way out <laughs> of this <laughs> <laughs> well you couldn't
3: rewind and see what happened before he was escaped or no no,
2: no. We, we went through three cameras and this, oh this i camera see had you needed to have a SD card oh, um, I see. in order to have history, and it was the only of the three, the only of uh, the three cameras that we had that needed this. So it's
0: just bad. It was luck. a dead zone. He knew. He was <laughs> yeah. like, I, I got this. This is my, this is my chance. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I think for devel- development too, there's like I think we mentioned already, if this, then that, which enables yeah. development in a set. I mean, in a sense, if you think of it as just connection between smart devices that already don't talk to each other. Um, And If This and That, I think is really powerful for doing that connection and automating. Wow, you just
0: said a couple. I know,
3: I really did. I said connection, (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't count. Do you
4: Uh, have any more to get
1: out before we... Yeah,
4: cheers.
1: (laughs) 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 Cheers.
3: No, I just think if we're talking about development, If This and That kind of enables it for, I mean, I think also for even people who are tech savvy, but also for people who aren't tech savvy to, because there are so many devices, out there on so many different ecosystems, and they don't naturally interact. So something like that is really useful yeah. to kind of cross
0: that border. And you're dealing with all these different APIs. That can actually take a lot of time to mm-hmm. read the documentation and figure out how right. to use and leverage each API. It's and not, not
3: everyone that wants to develop just for the sake of learning something new.
4: True. Yeah. So... I'm glad we're on development, so now I can start into my <laughs> my portion of this episode. Absolutely, we're talking about the downsides of smart.
0: What are some issues and that bother you with uh, smart homes, Jim?
4: It's more a general issue of uh, software engineering interfering with in people's lives in general. It's not just smart homes; it's cars, um,
3: which are smart now.
4: Which are yeah, smart? They're probably too true. smart, honestly, yeah. in, in my opinion. It, it's the idea that there is no. If I want to become a doctor. I need to like go through school. I need to go through like certification. I need to have someone like many people sign off, be like, Jem is a competent doctor. For software engineering, there's no such certification, at least in the United States. So I can go out and program a smart lock and then sell it to you. But it like it doesn't work or has like some edge case. And I'm like, oh, we're out of business. Sucks for you and your two thousand dollar investment. I don't know. That that that's my general problem with all the smart homes. There's like there's no standardization, there's no regulation on what you can and can't do, um, what kind of developers work on it. Um, I don't know. I've seen some of the smart things you got for Austin, uh, your baby. And I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. But like, I would want a regulatory body being like, This crib can sometimes over tilt and kill your baby sometimes. yeah. And actually,
0: to be fair, like anything that he has is not something that he comes in contact with because probably some of those fears is like, Mm. you know, we have like a noise machine that you can control uh, from the phone, which seriously is amazing because he would wake up or something. And if you went in the room to put on the music or do anything like that he would then be up. Like, he would be fully up. And, you know, that that has saved us headaches by not having to actually go in the room and wake him fully up. So, but yeah, I don't think I've ever had a device that, like, a crib that I can control from anywhere or something like that. Because that would, that feels a little weird.
4: It's a little, there, to me, like, they, it's just everybody has this comfort level with technology. And think mine is, like, further away than yours. Oh, even you, yeah, you're like, the crib is too far. But everybody has their own point, whereas... Derek Sarah, you know, you guys might be like, no, Smart Crib, it's, it's amazing. It can rock the baby and like play Metallica or whatever. For sure. <laughs> oh, okay. Mostly for I- playing Metallica.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna be I you know, I'm gonna be annoying here and talk about Apple, but um I think this is one of the advantages with HomeKit is that they certify every single yep. device that they put out and that's actually hindered uh, HomeKit from becoming um, a, a lead, leader in the industry, but you you have to have a literal chip in your device in order for them to certify it as HomeKit compatible. They've actually, with iOS 12, they've like that, and so now they give like a certification based on like a review process. Um, but I don't know. I think that's that's kind of nice that, that maybe this stuff isn't happening as much with uh the-
0: Yeah, I think there's... And Apple's always been known for that as being pretty sticklers on certain things, which good and bad. I think sometimes they prevent innovation on some yep. things as well. I think one of the negatives too is just the fact that like HomeKit to me actually seems like an amazing idea, but yeah, it's it's not that great because it doesn't there's not a lot of devices on that ecosystem. Will that change? Yes, there is going to be more and more, but the the benefit being sold there is it's on one central dashboard like device. Right now you have like multiple apps that you're opening on your phone to do certain things and it's kind of annoying. So the the state that it's in right now is kind of an, like that. That's frustrating. Yeah,
2: I guess like uh, what I'm trying to say though is is uh you yeah that the you're not going to have as many devices because there are going to be a lot of uh manufacturers and software engineers that aren't going to want to comply with it because it's more money. So it's like what do you what do you want? To do? Like if you want to uh, have a world like Jam you're explaining, then you 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 know things are going to it's it's going to be slower to progress. But if uh, if you don't care about that, obviously and, and but with is and and I think a lot of gets a lot of criticism because with apps or with you know their app store approval, like maybe that doesn't matter, but maybe in the case of 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 devices that have a baby in yeah and in, in mind, then you know maybe there needs to be some sort of like over governing body
4: oh, like I am not the biggest apple fan as everybody knows, but i I do respect that um when they build something, they build it well and they yeah. build like they're not just gonna open up the ecosystem to anybody they. Uh, and they take a stronger stance on privacy than, like, almost any company out there. So, like, I do respect them for that.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think when it comes to these devices, maybe, like, that might be the right thing.
4: And, like, smart homes largely are, for me, it's, like, privacy and security. And you give up a lot of your privacy when you use a smart device. Unintentionally. Like, yeah, way, way more than you Yeah, think. no,
3: exactly.
0: Well, uh, just the fact is, is, like like cameras and things like that they're recording to the cloud which is now owned by you know whether if you have google or nest it's like now google owns that and yes hopefully they're not doing anything malicious with that but how do you know for sure
4: so i have a good example of um like mar said like you you give a lot more privacy than you think i had a friend um he had a smart light bulb company or it was a smart home but his first product was a smart light bulb And I was like, oh, interesting. Like, what sort of logs do you keep? He's like, oh, yeah, we log everything. And he's like, it is amazing the amount of data we can get from a simple smart light bulb, which most people wouldn't think that takes any of your privacy. But he's like, no, we have temperature readings, so we need to know if the light bulb's, like, in checked. So, like, we know when you're home. We know when you're not home. We know when you're in the room. We know when you're not in the room. Like, we can tell all this stuff just from a smart light bulb. Like, and that's not even that intelligent of a device. Like, think what you can do with a smart speaker or camera or things like that. It's... Yeah, that's like too much for me. I, I think um, all these companies, Google, all of them have so much data on us already. I don't need to invite them to my home as it is. Because like, they can probably know most about me from my phone
2: couldn't you make that argument though with a lot of things that we use like uber is a good example right like you can probably i'm sure you can use that data to figure out when you're oh
0: yeah like where you are what like your patterns of behavior sure but maybe
2: i mean
3: like the internet i mean this has always been a concern with going online i mean the internet is free because we have ads but what we give up in return is that we're constantly being tracked and we can they can tell who we are based on our search history all of the sites we visit like just all that stuff it's i mean this isn't an a new concept that we give up privacy for convenience. It may seem more invasive in the home though.
2: Yeah. And maybe it's, maybe I guess the argument is it's not a necessary privacy. Maybe that would be your argument. Like it's not, it's, it's a
0: convenience that's not necessary. So like why give up that,
4: I'm not getting enough in return for for, for the
0: smart light. You're yeah, like, I'm they're doing a lot for nothing. I'm not getting value out of it. Like
4: I use Google Maps, which like it tracks your phone and tracks traffic. But it's yeah. useful because like we all it's good to know where traffic is. And it's cool if we all agree to opt into this because I get value out of that. That's that's a trade off that I'm making. The thing is, like with smart devices, I'm, we're not clear about the trade offs we're making yet.
3: But on the other hand, how do they function without having all that information about us?
4: Right.
0: Yeah. It's almost it needs to have that to do better, right? right? Yeah. And to automate. And even to, to your phone, it's like it they Google knows when you're home.
4: Yeah, I mean it tracks my GPS. It yeah, knows exactly. where I live and where I work. And
0: I feel like Google Maps has maybe um has has
2: decided a way to give that benefit back to you. But really their ultimate benefit is not that. I mean, you're you know, obviously we all know that, but the, you know, it's it's the same the same benefit is the data. And they've just found a way to say, hey, we're capturing this data and it's actually good for you. But really, I mean, it's...
3: But they're not doing it maliciously. I guess that's where I get stuck. Is like, yes, we are giving up privacy. No one's actually looking at our data. I mean, it can be hacked and yes, there can be malicious agents, but that's not really the core of these products. I think the security, well, the security we give up is just unintentionally. These products aren't trying to make our life less secure. They need this much data to function and operate it can sometimes happen that we are compromised.
0: Yeah, I think that can, that's always a big concern is that you've now, you could be compromised in your home, but now you're also just sharing that data everywhere so that it could be compromised. Right. Outside. So the
3: risk of compromise, I guess, is the scary thing because of how invasive the data can be.
2: But I mean, yeah, I I totally agree with that. And I think, You can also get that data in a very old-fashioned way in that you sit outside of somebody's house in a van. (laughs) Right.
3: That's more noticeable, though.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess. But I mean, you could also probably master it so that it's, I mean, maybe you don't have to be in a van. Right. I mean,
0: (laughs) all right. But even outside of the smart stuff, I think that's a good example. And I think Mars touched on that as well, is that, I mean, people like update their Facebook. They update Instagram, Twitter on all the things that where they are they're on a trip or whatever like oh i'm flying to it's so so like my parents so you're not my parents
2: so? have a hard requirement that we don't tag them in any Facebook posts when, when they're around yeah, us because they're so
1: worried home. about... Yeah, uh, they're very paranoid yeah. about it.
0: Interesting. Yeah, see? I mean, and that's a generational thing. We're just like, yeah, whatever. It's no big deal. And so we're giving up all this privacy.
3: It's one of those things that goes really right until it goes wrong, I feel like. Same thing with, with the posting on Instagram where you are located or the whole smart devices thing. Like, everything is working handy, like, you know, fine now, but some big breach is going to make us all question... Question it again.
0: Well, and I know uh, I saw something about Alexa not that long ago. If you turned on the ability to access your phone contacts, it was sending recordings of conversations of people in their homes. So it would be if Lisa and I were at home talking with our son and it could accidentally send Jem a text message with our audio recorded. And that to me, that is very, very scary. Jem doesn't need to hear our personal conversation, and that can be really weird.
3: That's not even a breach. that's just a bug,
0: yeah, yeah. well, to back to Jem's point, yeah, software, no exactly you know, yeah. software developer could screw up, and that's yeah. it's a pretty big bug.
1: I was listening to a podcast podcast last week, and it was about how um like talking dolls have evolved from you know being these giant things that had like this massive piece of machinery in there to play like a track and now you have really like fancy toys that as a parent i can have my phone connected to this toy i don't remember exactly what it what the doll was called but there was essentially like they found out that there was no real way for like me to be able to connect to some random person's child it was just a bluetooth connection With no security. So, like, then I could connect my phone to this person's doll. And so, then I am able to talk to a child. And it was, like, a a smart doll that had AI built into it that, like, you could have conversation. The child can have conversation. The doll learns. Like, that kind of stuff is pretty smart. Yeah. So,
0: just in proximity, yes, it's not connected to the internet. Cheers. Uh, It's been a while. Yeah, it has. But you're still close enough that, right. you know, just someone near your house or whatever,
4: it's enough that it could be uh, hooked up through via Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, and like, I'm not as negative smart home as Ryan makes me out to be. I'm just like, I preach caution. Am I, am
0: I picking on you, Jim? No. no. <laughs> just, I, he's just
4: critical. I am critical. Uh, like, I preach caution on these things. Is we, we just, we keep pushing the boundaries of like, what's connected, what's smart, because we can, not because we should. And I think, and this talks into a larger topic of uh, ethics that we want to do at some point. But it's just like we have this idea because we're all software engineers that we're all moral and ethical people that will do the right thing. So we're like, oh no, Google or Amazon will never track my recordings because, like, the software engineers like they would never push that code to let that happen, like track people. But they would like, and we should admit that to ourselves. Like, if your job's on the line, and someone's like Ryan push this code and it's going to turn on everybody's microphones in their houses because, like, we need to record it for better analytics or something. You're going to be like, okay. And probably not think about it that deeply because, like, you, you want your job, you get paid a lot of money. And, like, as fellow engineers, we're like, oh, no, no, Ryan would never do that. But, like, we've never stopped and asked ourselves, would you? If well, your job was on the line and someone's like, I need you to create more invasive tracking, would you do that or would you not? Would you say, no, I quit?
0: Well, I think it's also that you may not think of it at the time. Maybe I don't think that that's a bad thing. Maybe it's just like, oh, well turning that on, yeah, just to get data. We're not doing anything. We're not actually going to personalize it. It's like disconnected from who this person is. That could be an argument too is that maybe people don't even realize what this is happening. Or 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 it's a software bug. That too, right? Is now this is they didn't, no one meant for this to happen. Those companies didn't mean to do something and that's where it could be very scary as well.
4: Well, that's the thing, like, we're so disconnected from, as engineers, we're disconnected from the end results of what we do. Um, for instance, that that bug in the Uber code that killed that woman crossing a street, does that engineer know that they did that? Is there any consequences for, like, you killed somebody because you wrote sloppy code? Like, are they aware? I don't want to, like, shame whoever that person is. Like, I'm...
0: I hope that person doesn't even know.
4: That's... Yeah, but, like, they should know. Like, the the consequences of your... Your choices that we build, like you should have to live with that. A doctor can't kill somebody and be like, My bad, I'll learn next time. I mean, they can, they probably do. They probably would do. (laughs) That's something they have to live with as as people, as engineers. We don't have to live with that. Uh, My last example, and then I'll drop it. Um, There's a company in San Francisco, it's a startup. I forgot the name of it, fortunately for them. Um, But they make an app for TV that now more and more TV manufacturers are including with the TV, like their smart TVs. And it does pixel matching based on the content of what you're watching. So if you're a Netflix show or HBO show, it actually doesn't matter. It can, it'll pixel match what you're watching. So it'll fingerprint, um, like all the content you're watching, use that fingerprint to send ads to the rest of the devices on your home network. So, um, so if you're watching Game of Thrones, they'll be like, oh, this person's in the Game of Thrones. They will now send ads for like maybe Westworld or something to the rest of your devices on your home network. That's like such an egregious re- overreach of um, like technology. But these are all engineers in San Francisco, the startup that probably has raised millions of dollars that are all cool with this. They're like, no, this is I have no moral dilemmas or ethical dilemmas with doing this, even though if you ask somebody, would they consent to being tracked? You'd be like, hell no.
0: Well, and even to those services, I think that is frustrating as well is HBO, Netflix. Those are services you pay for so that you don't have ads. And now you're you're pretty much that's not what's happening. It's not those companies that are uh, charging you for or. Yeah, it's not those companies that are necessarily the ones advertising to you. It's this other like third party uh, device.
4: Well, I get ads on my TV, which I paid a lot of money for. Yeah. And, like, I didn't sign up to get ads. I paid money to not get ads. It, it is a television. It doesn't need to be that intelligent to try to, like, market me things. But so I still get ads. Are the
2: ads that you're talking about intrusive? Like, are they just ads that you would get normally? Or are they, like, new ads that based on this technology? I guess my point is, like, if it's just, if it's just bettering the ads that you would get normally, I actually don't really have a problem with that. Um,
4: really? Really?
0: Like yeah. wow. I think to to your point is like if you're going to see an ad I think it goes to what Mars was saying earlier
2: in and that like it's it's not really invasive in my opinion. I know this is like maybe contradictory to a lot of people but it's not really invasive of my privacy because it's, it's such a a large scale and it's like it's not like pinpointing me as a person it's just trying to in in a way better my experience so, so like I'm <laughs> I don't normally look at an ad, but maybe like I have to look at an ad, so I'd rather look at an ad that is somewhat relative to. I, I mean, I would, I would love to see a Westworld ad. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, if, if it's if it's causing me to get more ads, and obviously that's something that I haven't signed up for. And yeah, to to, to your point, it's it's I've paid for a service, I don't want ads, but it's the same ads that I'm already getting, and they're more relative now because of some technology exists. I guess I don't have a problem with that. But.
4: I, I think it's about like being tracked when I did not consent to being tracked. uh Google Maps is a good example, like I opted in like I'm aware of the trade-off I'm making. And I'm, like I'm fine with that, but, but it, you
2: uh, sorry but I think you're you opted in no, I think there's actually a lot of people that use Google Maps that don't know that that is happening, and so I think it's kind of the same thing, whereas like maybe we, maybe Google Maps is just such a, a a big part of our life that we kind of know the trade-offs we're making, but it's actually probably similar to maybe my parents that, that that's Google maps is the same as the technology that you mentioned. It's, it's kind of all the same thing. And and all of those things, they don't really opt in. It probably both, both on both of those situations, it probably is in some sort of terms and conditions that you're being that, that oh for sure. is happening. Yeah, I mean, it has yeah. to yeah. be, right? no one reads those. like, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, like when was <laughs> the last time read you read those that? Those Never? But,
4: uh, yeah. You and you don't them, with man. Google
2: maps either, but you still kind of know just because I think it's just such a, 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 but I think there's probably a lot of people that don't know that.
4: It's more like the the future of things is us being tracked just all the time. Um, like we haven't reached this level yet in the United States, but I know China has like massive facial recognition like everywhere. Like the cops have facial recognition. Part of you is like, Oh, that's cool, they catch criminals. The other part is, let's say uh I was dating a cop and like we had a nasty breakup, but now that cop can use that technology to track me around town and like stalk me if they were so inclined. Like Police can do that now.
2: I guess one one good thing about the all of the recent GDPR stuff is that it's it's you know and know it's a pain for us as software engineers, but this is kind of hopefully enforcing some of this better privacy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess like we've talked about pros and cons of smart devices. Is it something like what? What's some advice that you would give someone wanting to? pick up new devices or even like we talked about programming their own what are some things that you would give advice to someone wanting to do that
4: i'd say be aware of the trade-off that you're making if can you afford for this device to go like catastrophically wrong like a bad update gets pushed will your home cease to function like is something bad gonna happen because of that um i know i'm making fun of your smart lock but like they've come a long way but a few years ago i was using smart locks there's a time like i couldn't get in the house right Because, like, the Bluetooth didn't connect. And I'm, like, stuck outside because there's no way to use the key. Because that was the stage of smart locks at the time. They've gotten better. But something like that, like, be aware of... Like the trade-offs you're making with smart home
0: oh yeah and even actually when i got that's a perfect example when i got the uh smart lock i knew that i was like worst case scenario i have another door it's not the end of the world and also there are other functions that it doesn't necessarily need the internet to work because yeah what if your internet goes down and then it doesn't work that doesn't that doesn't make much sense or do you actually need your phone because what if i like my phone died or i got it was stolen or lost I can't get home, like that doesn't make a lot of sense.
3: Yeah, I mean, to kind of like along the same lines as what Jem said, I would just say do your research and actually maybe this is kind of like a very naive way of doing it, but I'm like, I would rather go with a company that's more established and maybe is on the second or third generation of these devices because like with other things that are first generation, they tend to be a bit buggy. They haven't quite figured it out yet. Um, So get going. Right. Yeah. I mean, go with things that have kind of been tried and tested in a sense and, and do your research and see what other people's experience is like.
2: Yeah, I think one thing I learned just in this episode is that the is think about the privacy repercussions, uh, as, especially even as a manufacturer of a device. Because, um, I didn't, I, I thought your story, Jem, about the um, light, like the data you can get off of Lightpop is interesting. Um, and you think, like, I you kind of think, oh, it's just, just lights, like, who cares? Um, but yeah, I think it's just like being aware of that and making sure that you're as transparent as possible with those kind of things.
0: Great. Before we end the episode, let's uh, do our picks. Does everyone have smart device picks (laughs) or uh, let's go around the table and share today's episode's picks. Sarah, you want to start it off?
1: Sure. Um, So to touch back on the podcast I was talking about, um, it's 20,000 Hertz. It's one that we both really enjoy. The episode... Um, the doll is my friend Kayla, and I was just reading the transcript, and I was immediately like, uh, uh, "Yeah, I forgot how bad this episode was." Um, in terms of the um, the scariness, the scariness, yeah, um, like this this doll asks your mom's name, your dad's name, like where wow. you live, like and learns and saves this information. That's terrifying. Um, yes, listen to it. Enjoy. Um, <laughs> The second pick I have um, circles all the way back to the beginning of this episode, uh, de capella. So I sing uh, a cappella at LinkedIn. It's something that I'm really sad to walk away from. Spoiler alert, we have some news coming. Um, but so Disney has formed its own acapella cappella group. And so they are the ones that have this whole like Phillips Hue bulb light thing with their first music video. But the Incredibles 2 soundtrack, they actually recorded four tracks. And if you listened to the recording that is in the movie and then listen to theirs, it's really cool like what these people have done with their voices, like to mimic trumpet sounds, and it's very like old fashioned, like superhero like
0: That's really cool. Yeah. It's
1: definitely worth a listen. Recommend.
0: Right on. Mars, what do you have?
3: Um, I have two picks today. One is the TV show called Amazing Hotels Life Beyond the Lobby. Um, I really like this show because I like travel. I like hospitality. But what I find really interesting about this particular show is that every episode has... It's more than just like a luxurious hotel for the sake of luxury. If you really dig into it, each hotel kind of has its own unique, t- like, take on the area and is trying to educate its visitors about, you know, a particular thing. I would say the second episode was actually the most poignant for me about how it was an ex-mayor who was trying to get people to fall in love with the rainforest in, in the longer-term conservation effort. So that's kind of what i mean by it's not just luxury for the sake of luxury it's about learning about the area and getting invested and all that stuff anyway so i'll let you guys enjoy it for yourself and hopefully also fall in love with it like i did the I've second seen you've seen it yeah yeah
4: it convinced me not to stay at the ice hotel in um is it sweden, sweden? yeah because it like in theory it looks cool and then i saw the I, I, it's a really good show right I saw it, i'm like I'm not staying in a hotel, man. <laughs> like.
3: Well, yeah. The first episode is about the Marina Bay Sands in Singapore, which really is kind of about the luxury for the sake of luxury. But it's also more subtly about how a hotel at that scale operates, which is really interesting. So it's not just about travel. It's about kind of the more interesting aspects of it. Anyways, um, the second pick that I have is called the SureFeed Microchip Pet Feeder on the topic of smart devices they have a more analog one basically the idea is that this pet feeder will uh, program to your pets microchip and or either one or two or however you want to do it and for me it's useful because I've got two kittens now at home and one of them likes to eat all the dry food and she's getting a little chunky so we need to start rationing the food and making sure that everyone gets their proper portion of food so the idea here is to to just you know keep the food separate and there's more uses than that especially like medicated pet food and, and that kind of thing but so it will program to your pet's microchip they have a dumber version which is just kind of with a lid which will help keep the food stay fresh longer
0: that's really cool derek what do you have uh
2: so my first pick i i haven't i guess i haven't been on the on an episode since this has happened but uh, i was a huge fan of anthony Bourdain, um and it was very very sad news um when uh when he passed but um i've actually started reading his most recent book which is from 2010 but medium raw um, it's super interesting, and if you like Anthony Bourdain, you like his style. I think he's like one of the best narrators and like writers that uh, he's just it's just fun to read. Um, I think anyone, even if you're not in the like, it's kind of for people in the food industry. But if you're not in the food industry, like all of us, it's still very interesting. So I would recommend it. Um, my second pick is a movie I saw just a couple of days ago called three identical strangers. It's a documentary about three people that were separated, three twins that were separated not twins, triplets. triplets that were separated at birth. I really want to see that. Yeah, it's, it's really good. So yeah. good. It's a uh, kind of a story about nature versus nurture, but, um, it's just, I thought it was just so well done. Um, even just the story aside, it was just a really good movie. So I recommend that. And I guess my final pick is um, New York City um, because good pick. I am moving there, so I have to pick it. Um, so I will unfortunately not be part of a, a podcast for, except for when I come back and visit. But um, it's obviously some bittersweet moments with this this uh, decision. But yeah, Sarah and I are moving to to New York in a
0: couple of weeks. So New York City, yeah, which is a good city. Like, but sad that you're leaving.
4: It's okay. New York is worth leaving. <laughs> or if you're going to like, I don't know, Boise. No offense, to anybody listen Boise, I'd be like, "What are you doing?" Jim, what do you have for us? Uh, I have two picks. I do not have a Valley Silicon pick because I, you know, I, I didn't want to bang on. I could pick any smartphone. I, mean, I was like going to say you could probably
0: do. We we did a f- on the episode. You did a few. Yeah.
4: Uh, my first pick is a vacuum cleaner. It is the Hoover cordless links. It is phenomenal. It is battery-powered vacuum cleaner. I think you have a Dyson. Yeah,
0: cord, not the, uh,
4: yeah. The cordless vacuum is amazing because it just, instead of sweeping all the time, I can just run the vacuum and it's cordless. So it just, um, I charge the battery. um, I change out the filter. It just like drops a button and it's like easy to pick up. It keeps the house so much cleaner. And I just like, oh, it's a little messy day. I just whip out the vacuum and I just vacuum really quickly. And it's it's like $100, but it is so much better than, just like sweeping all the time. It's just really convenient. My second pick is a game. Uh, it's called Battletech. It is based on the old um, MechWarrior universe, which I used to love MechWarrior. And now I'm just like nerding out a bit. But nice. Battletech is like the modern incantation of it. It is fantastic. If you want to pilot uh, like 80 ton machines and just like go to battle, it, it, it's a fantastic game.
0: Awesome. All right, well, now I have two picks that are actually unrelated to smart devices. Uh, So my first pick is a Netflix original comedy series, Hannah Gatsby, Nanette. She does a phenomenal stand-up. It's just, like, mind-blowing. She kind of takes comedy to this new level in the way that she tells stories. It goes from, like, really funny to this, like, really deep, deep story of her life and, I mean, I just it was it was crazy. The the message behind it is so powerful. I highly recommend everyone go watch it even if you don't like stand-up comics. Highly recommend watching it. And then my second pick is actually another Netflix original which is Amazing Interiors. Some of the interiors of people's houses are on this show are just insane they just go all ends to do the craziest things um one guy had a full aquarium in his house that was so cool yeah like it was his
3: hobby because he was retired and it was just amazing he would go scuba
0: diving in his house that's how cool that kind of stuff is i i highly recommend checking that out it's an interesting show Before we wrap up the episode, I want to thank Sarah for joining us. I hope this isn't the last time, even though you're moving to New York. We always love having you on as a guest. Where can people get in touch with you?
1: You can find me on LinkedIn. (laughs) Yes. Um, I am also available on Twitter, Sarah L. Showers. Um, Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I'm really bummed that it's kind of the end of a chapter, but a very exciting new adventure i was trying to come up with the word for like what is like the follow-up to something and i couldn't
0: well it'll you know what it's a good excuse for us to come visit uh, new york so that's
1: always welcome and and we'll be back how long were you guys in sf five years so good amount of time yeah it's
3: a good amount (laughs)
0: All right, thank you all for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to Frontend Happy Hour on your favorite podcast catcher, and follow us on Twitter at Frontend HH. Any last words, Derek? Pump kit. <laughs>